Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, Episode 168. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I believe that life is too short to not express the innate creativity inside of you. So in 2016, I wrote a book called The Creative Sandbox Way, based around 10 guideposts that I developed to get myself out of creative stuck and back to the sense of playful creativity that I naturally had when I was a four-year-old. Here's the thing. The world has a way of shutting us down, of cutting us off from our natural playfulness and creativity. But when we give ourselves the gift of peeling off the layers of adult programming, of perfectionism and comparisonitis, and returning to that place of play and creative exploration and self-compassion, not only does life get better, but it allows us to step into our fullest possibilities for ourselves in every area of life. That is my hypothesis, which has been borne out in my own life and the lives of my students and clients and readers and listeners. Make space for your creative joy and life goes from gray to full color and you start to explode what is possible for yourself. So the Creative Sandbox Way, the book, was just the tip of the iceberg. I continue the conversation each week with this podcast. Let's jump in. As a creativity instigator, I hear from people all the time about the biggest obstacles that get in the way that keep them from doing their creative things. And one of the most common ones is time, of course. I don't have time. I don't have enough time. I can't find the time. I'm not making the time. All variations on that theme. And really, all of these have very little to do with time. Because we all have the same amount of time. So then it comes down to priorities, right? You're choosing to spend your time on X rather than on Y, Y being your creative thing. Except that for creatives or people who don't identify as creative but wish they were, and I would argue they actually are creatives too, they've just got some serious mindset crap to work through. Anyway, for creatives, it's not really so simple. You can't just say it's a matter of priorities because that would mean that the reason you're not making time for your creative thing is that it's not important to you. And that's just BS. The reason you're not making time for your creative thing is that it's so darn important to you. It terrifies you. So really, 
the I don't have time excuse, and yes, it is an excuse, it all boils down to fear. Fear. And the same thing with the next most common obstacle I hear, which actually is really tangled up with this I don't have time obstacle. And this other obstacle is some variation of I'm not good enough. In other words, self-doubt. My work isn't good enough or what everyone else is doing is so much better or I'm just not good enough yet or, you know, I really suck. So why even bother or on and on and on. You get the drift. There's so many different ways of saying it or thinking it. And again, it all boils down to fear. Fear of not being good enough, fear of being humiliated, whatever. My friend, Sue Ann Gleason, uses a shorthand for these two obstacles that I really like and have borrowed with her permission. And those are no time and no talent. Of course, they're lies, because it really doesn't have to do with time, and it really doesn't have to do with talent. But that's not really what I want to talk with you today about time or talent, or not not really time and not really talent, because there's another obstacle that I also hear that's very much tangled up with these two lies, let's call them the no time lie and the no talent lie. And this other obstacle seems really innocuous because after all, it's it's not the real issue, just like no time is not the real issue and no talent is not the real issue. In those cases, both of those cases, it's fear is the real issue. In this case, this one that I'm about to share with you doesn't leap out at you like a saber-toothed cat waiting behind a tree or something. It's much more insidious. Typically, it slowly creeps up on you until you are utterly paralyzed by it. It's like a python that slithers up and wraps itself around you until it squeezes the life out of you. And literally years can pass. And this problem, this obstacle, has you by the neck, limiting your ability to think, to act, to breathe even, but you don't do anything about it because it feels impossible. And then you turn around and doing your creative thing feels impossible, all because of this killer obstacle. So what is this obstacle? Well, first, 
calling all Silicon Valley artists, writers, crafters, and those who wish they were. Come to Creative Sandbox Play Day, the day camp version of Creative Sandbox Retreat. Creative Sandbox Play Day is a half-day co-working retreat to work on your own creative project where the time is already carved out. You'll have a dedicated workspace at a table to work on whatever you want, and you've got the energy of a whole bunch of other creatives all working together in companionable silence to charge you up. It's going to be so fun. It's August 5th, Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. in Palo Alto, California, and it's only $25. Plus, you can get 15% off if you register by this Sunday, July 8th, by 6 p.m. with the code YAY for Early Birds, Y-A-Y-F-O-R, Early Birds, all caps. You can get all the details at creativesandboxway.com slash playday. That's creativesandboxway.com slash playday. Or just go to the show notes. And I hope to see you there. So what's this killer obstacle? I know you're dying to know. Clutter. Yes, clutter. I know, it sounds crazy. But it's true. I once had a coaching client, Melody was her name. She was so hungry to get to her needlework. She hadn't made anything in over a year, a year. But she was totally stalled because her art room was an utter disaster. It was crammed with boxes and piles, and there was literally no empty surface for her to work on. And she felt like she had to clear it out. She had to clean it up before she could get started on anything creative. Ay, 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 ay. I mean, that would have taken forever. I asked her how long she thought that it would take even just to clear a, you know, minimum viable space. And it was clear that that simply was not going to be feasible even if she could clear just the tiniest little space to work, just being in the room felt so oppressive because it was so filled with clutter. So I took emergency measures. I asked her if she could get to her supplies. And yes, she could. And I asked her if there was someplace else in the house where she could work temporarily until she could clear space in the studio. And she thought for a moment, she said, yeah, actually, the dining room table would work. So she managed to collect her needlework supplies while we were on the call. And thanks to our call, she was able to get to work for the first time in months, over a year. And being away from the clutter allowed her to think and breathe. And doing her art fired her up to finally start tackling the clutter that had piled up in her studio so that she could eventually reclaim that space for her art and then reclaim her dining room for her meals. Oh my God, made such a difference. 
she was so grateful. Just needed a little nudge, right? And Melody is not alone. If I had a dollar for every client, student, or email writer who told me that they can't get to their art, whether it's writing or painting or sewing or music or whatever, because of the clutter in the way, or that they need to clear out their studio or clear off their desk before they can get started, and that this is what's holding them back, oh my God, I would be a very rich woman. (laughs) And if you think I am somehow immune to this problem, uh, I wish I were, but sadly, no, 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 I really struggle with clutter all through the house, in fact, but especially especially in my studio, so much so that about four years ago, I finally got desperate. (laughs) It was really bad. And I finally sat down and I drew on what I knew about myself to do something about it. I basically used my golden formula, self-awareness plus self-compassion, equals the key to everything good, as you know. So here's what I knew. I knew that I need external accountability. Now, this isn't always the case. Now, if if I'm really, really uber excited about something, I don't need any external accountability. But for things like dealing with clutter, things that I'm not internally excited about. (laughs) I can use all the help I can get. And if I don't have someone outside of myself to report to, forget it. I just won't do it. But if I'm on the hook to show someone else that I did something, oh yeah, I will come through. So I need external accountability. Something else I know about myself is that deadlines are magical. Sometimes it seems like nothing gets done in my life without one. Again, if it's something that I'm uber excited about already, I don't need a deadline. But if it's something that I am not, you know, it's drudgery or yeah, if I have a deadline, I'll get her done deadlines are magical. Something else I know about myself, I'm a sprinter, not a marathoner. Now for creative work, I am a huge believer in small daily acts. Think tiny and daily is creative sandbox way guidepost number four, after all. Again, If it's something that I'm internally motivated, I'm excited about, small daily acts are great. But when it comes to drudgery, when it comes, especially if it's like an overwhelming thing, (laughs) tiny and daily can sometimes work, but it doesn't always work for me. And when it comes to clutter busting, time limited, intense sprints have been game changers. (laughs) They are the only thing that 
has ever really worked. And they've worked wonders. Again, kind of like deadlines, sprints are magical for me. They have a, a, an end point to them. And so I don't feel like I'm just like going and going forever and ever and ever. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm a sprinter, not a marathoner. And one more thing that I know about myself, community is essential. The real reason that clutter busting is so dang hard for me and maybe for you as well is because of all the emotion tied to it. How do you let go of stuff that holds meaning in your life? How do you let go of stuff when you don't want it to just end up in landfill, but you don't know where the heck to take it, right? Decision fatigue is real. And the uncertainty and the emotional issues that clutter busting can stir up are just too volatile to face alone. We need a team on our side when we take this kind of stuff on. So community is essential. So knowing that I needed external accountability and deadlines and a time-limited sprint and a community of supporters, I created a program to help me and to help any other creative who wanted to join me to clear out the clutter so that we could finally focus on creating. Because it's not about just clearing out the clutter for the sake of clearing out the clutter. It's about clearing out the clutter so that we can get to the things that are important in our lives, so that we can get to our creative work, for goodness sake. So that's what I did. I created this program (laughs) out of sheer desperation, and it was called The Great Clutter Bust, and it worked wonders. And I posted some pictures in the show notes, creativesandboxway.com slash 168, because this is episode 168, posted just a few pictures, uh, some before and after pictures. The, The before pictures are pretty embarrassing, but I put them up there so you could see uh, and these aren't even the worst. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know if I have pictures of my studio at its worst. But these are these are pretty still pretty embarrassing. <laughs> There's my studio closet before and after, and my I called it my studio of doom because that's what it felt like. I used to walk into my studio and just my shoulders would creep up to my ears. It just felt so oppressive. And my goal was to be able to walk into my studio and have a sense of, ah, and I achieved that. But (laughs) clutter has a way of creeping back up on you. And so I find myself in need of help yet again. So I'm going to be running another great clutter bust in a few weeks. And it's going to be a sprint, a short one, just a couple of weeks long to clear out the clutter, clear out all that baggage that you've been dragging around, clear out our space to create so that we can think 
and breathe and walk into the room or your garage of doom or your kitchen of doom or your closet of doom or whatever it is. And instead of going, Ugh, uh, <laughs> you know that feeling. Instead of that, you walk in and go, ah, so that our spaces are an invitation to create. Imagine that. That is the point of clutter busting. Yes. So stay tuned for more information. And let's walk into late summer together, feeling light and free and spacious, ready for fall, ready for anything. And that brings me to this week's something cool, which is a video in the show notes. I've embedded it in the show notes. This is so phenomenally cool. My husband found this video of a mechanical cottage that morphs with the seasons. It's this guy in the Netherlands who built this cottage. It's this little like room that uh, you have to watch it. It's this small little one room cottage that has sliding sections. So it's got an external set of walls and an internal set of walls. And the internal set of walls are all glass, like a greenhouse. And the external set of walls are fully insulated. So it is, it is just phenomenally convertible. The, the walls are on wheels and the video is about 20 minutes long. It, we were just transfixed watching it. Super, super cool. So check that out over in the show notes and uh, let me know what you think. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend. And I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment to hop on over to iTunes, the Apple Podcast Player, and leave a rating and review. These are super important not to stroke my ego, although I love reading great reviews, but really the reason to do it is to help other people find the show. Because when somebody's searching for a podcast, podcasts with more ratings and reviews, of course, good ratings and reviews, pop up higher in the search results. So every review counts. So hop on over to iTunes, leave a rating and review. If you need step-by-step instructions, you can find them over at creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. That's creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes hyphen review. And email me to let me know you left a review and how the podcast has made a difference in your life. And I might just pick you to be in the listener spotlight. We'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation and you will be featured on the podcast. How cool is that? I would love to have you on the show. So go leave a review, send me an email. I'd love to have you on the show. That is it. Until next time, thanks again for joining me and go get creating. Mm-hmm.
Subscribe at creativesandboxway.com slash podcast.